0: Just hit a button, Morty, give me a beat! Oh man, okay, alright, um. Oh yeah,
1: you gotta get Swifty. You gotta get Swifty in here. It's time to get Swifty. Uh oh, you gotta get Swifty. Oh yeah, take off your pants and your panties, shit on the floor. Time to get Swifty in here. Got a shit on the floor. I'm Mr. Bulldops. I'm Mr. Bulldops. Take a shit on the floor. Take off your panties and your pants. It's time to get Swifty in here. New song, Swifty. Double X. Swifty song coming at ya. It's the Swift Swifty.
2: Take your pants off. Hello ladies and today. gents, welcome to episode 45 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Before I introduce my uh, tip-top lovely jubbly snazzy pants guest to you all, I do need to preface this episode with yet another apology. Well, it's a two-part one actually, the first part is I'm really, really tired. So if I come across like forgetting what I'm saying and if there's like light snoring in the background, I'm really sorry. And also I've still got the cold. That Lee cursed me with like a month ago So if I like sneeze all up in your grill Again apologies I'll try and edit it out but you know Editing's hard and I don't like it Anyway <laughs> uh, Moving on Joining me in the parlour this month Is uh, no stranger to our cakey Hot beverage parlour room of awesomeness is it big-headed of me to call it awesome when it's my parlour? Anyway, it's a fellow podcaster slash awesome bloke slash my friend slash cartoonist slash Hawaiian shirt-wearing Luke Foster. Ooh. Hello. I always feel yes, like I should uh, get yeah. like an applause button because it feels really anticlimactic when I do a, an intro and then it's like, hi.
0: <laughs> That'd be great. It'd be another bit of editing, but, you know, it'd be great. Oh, shit, yeah. Um,
2: forget, it, forget I said it. It's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, um, the last time I was on the show was when I was teasing you mercilessly on your 24-hour live show.
2: Yeah, you bastard. And we weren't even halfway through then, I don't think.
0: <laughs> I know, but we were, I was really tired and kind of punchy. And
2: <laughs> don't talk we to me tired. about tired. <laughs> Jiminy <laughs> Cricket, that was a long day
0: I can imagine
2: Doing it again next year though, because you know, science or something Charity Yeah, that's the one, yeah, I'm scared of it already Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, welcome back
0: Well, Yeah, no, well, thank think, you. you no, Sorry, go on no, Never mind, I was going to say, it's good to be back
2: Oh good, good, it's nice to have you back But I just hope you don't like, you know, bully me as much this time um,
0: No, no, I'm, make, I'm making a point of being nicer
2: I'm feeling delicate today, Luke. I'm so <laughs> I know, <sick>. I know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll explain to everyone while I'm sleeping in a minute, but um, because I'm quite nice, I'll let you go first on the whole let's talk about she's thing. Have at it.
0: Okay, so what should I what should I start with?
2: Hey, whatever you want, mate. That was the worst sentence
0: ever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in like,
2: Sleep deprived twattiness. Oh, You're like it. what
0: Dick Van Dyke thought English people talked like in Mary Poppins.
2: <laughs> oh, step in time, Luke. Chim chimney. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, um,
0: yeah, so um, well, I just moved down to North Carolina about a month ago from Connecticut. So I'm here. I'm looking for work. And uh, uh, I'm only reading a few comics because uh, I can't buy my usual glut while well, I don't have a job. But hopefully that'll be changing in the <laughs> yeah. next couple of weeks. So, you want me to just talk about some of the comics I've been reading? Go for it. Okay. Well, from um, from DC, I've been uh, read uh, Starfire. I've been reading that. That book is absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. Issue 6 just came out. I've been reading uh, Section 8, the Garth Ennis and John McCrae sort of sequel to Hitman.
2: Mm, I could not get behind that at all. What? Hitman? No, well, I don't think I've read that, but I was trying to read Section 8, and it was just so gross.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's... it's a- it's a book you really kind of it was written for the hitman fans um mm-hmm. but uh you know I I remember it from then and I remember the excessiveness and the ridiculousness. I mean they've cranked it up a little because it's Garth Ennis and John McCrae and that's what they do. But um but yeah no it was um it's uh it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot of laughs or like he's he's taking the piss out of the DC superheroes and uh and, and just like all the all all the things he thinks that are totally ridiculous about them like about Batman and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman and all that. So um, it's, it's funny if you like that thing. Um, Starfire is much, it's much more, uh, it's just, a, it's such a friendly, delightful comic. Mm-hmm. Like uh, she's, she's down, she decides she, she wants to learn more about actual real humans, not just superheroes. So she moved to Key West and uh, she's, she's become friends with like the sheriff and her brother and some of the relatives, the residents down there. And it's uh it's like, uh, somebody once described it as unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt with an alien. And that's actually <laughs> really good, like really good assessment. Yeah. Because she's so sweet and she's so trusting and she's, she's so naive, but she's not like an idiot. It's like, she, she's not like being taken advantage of or anything. People really, you know, they could take advantage of her a little, but not like, not too much before she caught on to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, not that anybody really wants to, because she's so, she's so nice to everybody. And, um. No, it's it's really a delightful book. Like it was it's so good. Like I read like the first three issues twice on the day I bought them, just because and I never do that because they were so good. I wanted to read them again. So uh I am.
2: Um, I haven't read. Oh, I ha- I'm I'm not up to date with Starfire, but I know I've read the first at least three. <laughs> I'm so prepared for this. I'm really sorry, but I really like it too because it's um. It, well, like you say, it's it's a bit less. Uh, dark and gloomy than a lot of the i know since this sort of second reboot which we need to talk about in a minute because i don't quite understand it like since the whole like post convergence thing there's been a lot a lot more variety i think in the dc titles, but it is really nice after like a couple of years of like really dark everything to have a comic that's very sort of like cute but not cute in a like sickening and twee way but but just like, it's just a nice, sweet book about a girl doing superhero-y things whilst trying to learn more about the people around her. And it's nice. Nice yeah. seems like an insult, but I don't mean it
0: that way. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I don't get exactly what you're saying. Totally do. From Marvel, I've been picking up a couple of the, uh, couple of the new series. I got the first issue of The Vision, which is um, written by Tom King and drawn by, I think, Gabriel Walter. A full disclosure: Tom is a good friend of mine, so I'll buy and big up all of his books. But I usually because they're he's actually a very, very good writer. Um, he take he has a really good knack of taking a concept like a super, he takes a superhero and he just twists it and puts his own very unique concept and spin on it, and it just comes out really, really good. Like the vision is about like he's wiped off his he's wiped out his emotional core because he thinks it um it's been uh, impeding his ability to function properly. Mm-hmm. but he still wants to be like, human-esque, so he built a family. And this first issue is just kind of introducing and setting him up and how he's in his new neighborhood in Virginia while he works. He's like the Avengers liaison to the White House. But there's just this undercurrent of being unsettling kind of through it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these people aren't quite right. And then, um, and then the first issue just ends with a real shocker of a twist, which I can't talk about at all because I can't even allude to what it might be because it would give away too much. But uh, it's very good, and I really can't wait to see where the rest of it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, I picked up the first issue of the all-new, all-different Avengers, the one that Mark Wade is writing. Yeah, This book is, it's, after a few years of, like, Jonathan Hickman and Brian Michael Bendis and all that, this has got a real kind of classic type of Avengers team feel, like things don't seem too decompressed, like a 24-issue story arc or, Mm -hmm. you know, things that aren't very superheroic. He's he's building the team up. Like every character on the team is new, except for the Vision and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. They're all like the new versions of characters, like the Sam Wilson Captain America, Lady Thor, Miles Morales Spider Man, the new Nova, and the new Ms Marvel. And it's just really like he Mark Wade gets. He just gets it. He gets how to write superheroes. He gets how to write teenagers, and he just he just knows how to make it feel classic and fresh at the same time. So that's. Really great,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, unbeatable. Squirrel Girl uh, has been—I—I—I I, I, I loved the first run of that book, so I picked up the first issue of the of the new volume, the mm-hmm. post Secret Wars of post Secret Wars launch, and uh, that's just that just kind of picks up where they left off. It's like eight months later. The Squirrel Girl and her friends are sophomores in college now, and you get to meet Squirrel Girl's parent. Or you get to meet Squirrel Girl's mother, and she fights and defeats this, this old robot from the nineteen forties who is like working for Hydra or something, but it was because its programming was corrupted. And uh yeah, it's, it's a really fun book. It's going to be one of those books where you either really love it or you just don't like it at all because it's just not your taste. Mm-hmm.
2: I love the, um, of the-, the last one. I haven't picked up the new one yet because I'm, um, <laughs> I'm reading most of my comics digitally now. And uh, the, the the one problem with that is when I don't see a physical pile of comics that I need to read, I sometimes forget they're there. <laughs> and then sure. I'll crack open my old reader and then go, oh shit, 90 Marvel comics. Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: when am I going to read those?
0: Yeah. And oh yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, I've been reading uh, Bad Girl as well from DC, which mm-hmm. I've, I loved. The- run the babs tar yeah Fledger me gameplay. too and i've always i've been reading grayson as well since uh, since that series started and i love that i just got the most recent issue today as a matter of fact again it's another tom king book but again he writes really really good stuff he's writing with with tim seeley mm-hmm. like they alternate scripting between uh each arc or each like issue they'll alternate who scripts it and just really good spy stuff so <laughs> it's been it's been a lot that book's been a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh like a new cool new twist on dick grayson and uh a marvel book that i just just disappointing me is secret wars it's marvel's current um
1: yeah
0: event <laughs> like i liked the idea and i wanted to see and i think i like jonathan hickman he's a he's a hit or miss writer for me but when i like him i really like him mm-hmm. and yeah, this series has just kind of been really disappointing and the delays haven't really helped with that mm-hmm. i mean this series was to have been done in early October, late September, and now, like, the final issue might not come out till the first week of January. <sighs> While all the Marvel books that are happening now, even though they were supposed to, even though regardless, the relaunch was supposed to take eight, take place eight months after the end of Secret Wars, there's still, all the books that are happening after Secret Wars are coming out before the end of the miniseries.
2: Well, that seems... Yeah, somewhat
1: so daft. Still,
0: yeah, so there's still a lot of mystery as to what happened. There was an intentionally built-in mystery of what happened in those eight months, but now it's a convenient buffer because it's going to take <laughs> a, it's going to take about four for all these books to finally get out. Oh, uh, and unfortunately, it's just not exciting. It's not like if it was really awesome, I could wait for I I look forward to reading it every month, but or every whenever it came out. But I'm just not.
2: Were you reading all the, um, like battle world tie ins and all the?
0: I read three of them. I read the two Hulk ones and then the one that Garth Ennis wrote. Oh, and I read A Force too, because that's awesome.
2: Fair enough. Because I, um, I just sort of gave up on all of that because, uh, my memory cannot cope with many versions of the same thing slightly different, if that makes sense. So sure. I was, I was getting bamboozled by, um, There being like a lot of different versions of the same character doing different things in different books in different parts of different worlds.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I get that. It's just
2: like, oh, my brain. Um, So I gave up on all of that thinking, that's fine. I'll just read Secret Wars. Uh, I can't remember the last issue I even read because I was just like, I don't
1: care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the thing is, they actually had to like, they they expanded it from eight issues to nine, but they're not, it's not extra content. They just thinned out the last four issues. So then they can get it out on a slightly timelier basis. <laughs> so, like, issues, issue like issue 9 is made up of, like, 8, and issue 8 is, like, made up of 7 and 8, and 7 and 6, you know, something like that. Mm. So it's just, you know, mm. whatever. I don't want to talk about things I don't like. <laughs> Some things I do like, uh, have you been reading Descender, uh, the image book?
2: Oh, I started to. I think I'm about three, three issues in.
0: Oh, okay, because the issue seven just came out last week, and it's the first issue of the new arc.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It gives us a lot new, uh, some new characters, some new, you know, some new direction. Like, like you know, it's a new arc. so and they they kind of revealed some key things at the end of the last issue, mm-hmm. which I won't spoil or anything. But they do kind of explain a couple of the mysteries, which is good because mm-hmm. you're not like dragging on forever and ever trying to figure out what it is. But the new issue is. Pretty great, even though I kind of guessed how the ending was kind of ha- how it was going to end. I still enjoyed how it ended mm-hmm. because I'm just God, I can't say much. That. I don't want to spoil it. For you,
2: so. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll have to catch no, up okay. because like, it is oh. it is really I could look at Dustin Wynn's ass like all fucking day though. To be honest,
0: yeah. Oh God, yeah, it's beautiful. And then Southern Bastards continues to be excellent. Mm-hmm. They're still in there. This current arc is like each issue focuses on one of the characters from from the, the county where all where everybody lives as everything leads up to the big homecoming football game, which is a major event in the area. Mm-hmm. Have you been reading Southern Bastards?
2: Um I think I read issue one and it was one of those sort of like I liked it but not enough to warrant spending any more dollars on it at the moment.
0: Gotcha. So you know like how football is a huge deal in mm-hmm. in the county. Well it's all like, you know, it's th- like the second arc well, the first arc, I, mean, I will spoil – I'm going to spoil the spoil everything for you um, <laughs> because I really can't talk about it without it. But you know the old guy who came back from Vietnam? He, you know, he, was, he was like a Vietnam vet. He came back because his dad had died. Yeah. Well, and you know how co- the, the football coach is like the villain who runs the town?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, at the end of the first story arc, the coach ends up beating the old guy to death with a stick in front of like the entire town. Um, but yeah. since he's such a po- he's such a powerful and feared man in the town that nobody will do anything. So like the second arc was all about his um was all about uh the origin of the coach and leading up to the homecoming game. And then as things end there, like this current arc is about some of the characters who were like are in and around like the aftermath of of the um, aftermath of the guy's murder and uh, in leading up to the homecoming game, which mm-hmm. is the the huge biggest event of the of the of the county and of the town of this coaches you know, each year. So, yeah. So, um so I think the next issue is actually the homecoming game and it's been good reading all these little one-offs as we, uh, about all the, all the supporting characters, because it just builds up the world and, uh, you know, fleshes out the the, 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 the series and the story that they're trying to build. Yeah. And then lastly, I'll just talk about the Valiant books I'm reading. I've been reading Rye, which is a uh, sci-fi action that takes place uh, in the year 4,000 at like the, uh, the floating island the floating nation of New Japan Ooh. which is like Jap- it's Japan in space and then the, no it's literally Japan in space it was launched into space um, it's written by Matt Kin
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, he writes a lot of stuff for Valiant. he's done a lot of his own creator own stuff he did mind management for Dark Horse
2: no idea um,
0: okay well anyway this is like the third book <laughs> it's like the aftermath of the, of the rebellion that Rai and his friends were trying to lead against against father the leader of New Japan uh, it didn't go well for them <laughs> And then and now they're just trying to recoup and regroup and figure out how to where to go from here. And I'm reading um, Ivar Time Walker, which is it's the final arc of that series, and uh, it's just it's a lot of complicated time travelly stuff with a lot of weird paradoxes and complicated science, and starring a guy who basically would be the Doctor if he grew his hair if he grew his hair long, was handsomer than David Tennant and <laughs> was much more dashing. I have to say handsomer than David Tennant because David Tennant is the handsomest doctor.
2: I was just going to say, is there such a thing as handsomer than David Tennant?
0: Well, when you're drawing things, they can be anything you want.
2: (laughs) True, true. (laughs)
0: And then I finished reading the the book of death, which was Valiant's current mini series or current um, event series that they had just um, that they had uh, done this year. The first three issues are pretty good. The fourth issue really didn't stick the landing; it was kind of disappointing. Yeah. But the um, they also did four tie-in issues that were like the fall of issues for um, different characters, basically telling like their last adventure before they died. And those were actually really really good. Guess some of them were like really moving, and some of them were just like cool character pieces that they did. Mm-hmm. And so if, you, if you've been, if you ever read any Valiant – they're not like good jumping on points for New Valiant folks, but if you've ever read any Valiant, they'd definitely be something you'd want to read. And then the last book I want to talk about is The Fade Out, the, the uh, Baker Phillips crime series that they're doing in uh, Golden Age Hollywood. Oh, okay. I don't have much to say about that except that it's Baker and Phillips you know, <laughs> going to be the best thing you'll ever read, and uh, it is. It's awesome.
2: You say that right. I don't think I've ever stuck with a Brubaker and Phillips book I'm just diving under the bed so that you can't verbally hit me.
0: Oh, I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm not going to hit. I'm just. Gonna, I'm just putting it on my list of enemies right now. <laughs> my list of enemies has one person on it: Stacey. <laughs>
2: you know that thing you said at the start about being nicer to me this time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I know. That actually just flashed through my mind just now. I, mean, that one, I Didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: no, it's not. It's not. The thing is, I actually really like Brew Baker like a lot. Like he's run on Captain America was just like, oh I think it's the crime-y-ness that I don't is that's not a word. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Yeah, I think it's the setting more than anything else. Cause I tried was it criminal? I think yeah. I, yeah, I got a couple of issues into that and I was like, no thanks. And then I I think oh good. Brain fart. Was the other one incognito or am I just making yeah. shit up? <laughs> no, oh good. Um, yeah, I think I've, I tried an issue of that as well, and I was like, "Well, this just seems like a similar thing." So, yeah, sorry. I think I think I just don't like the crime noiriness.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> I, on the other hand, like all, all I have to do is see the names Edward Baker and Sean Phillips, and I'm done. I'm like, that's it. No, <laughs> that's literally. I will-, I will get the book.
2: I'm trying to think of some like terrible, terrible thing they could do that might put you off, but I, I'm not. Awake enough, um,
0: awake <laughs> <I can't laughs> enough to be witty. God damn it! No,
2: I've got nothing. Carry on.
0: <laughs> That's okay. And I do love velvet too, but they had run. They had sold out at the store by the time I got there, so I couldn't get it. So I, I don't like not having a subscription account store anymore.
2: It um. It sounds like for a man who said he wasn't reading many comics, that you're still reading quite a lot of comics.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking about three a week, and I've been. These are the comics I got here since I got here, like five. Uh, five Wednesdays ago so oh. um, but yeah normally I usually get like 10 to 15 a week so wow well, I like comics
2: so do I, I don't know if anyone's um, aware of that really you know that yeah. I like comics well I I, um, I don't have many comics to to review because I did read a big bunch of comics on the uh, coach the other day because um, I was travelling down to Leeds no up to Leeds where am I I'm in the Midlands yeah it's up <laughs> <laughs> um, I was travelling up to Leeds for a comic con <clears throat> last Friday uh, for the weekend And so I thought, oh, I'll read loads of comics on the coach But the problem was I read a lot of comics that I've either talked about enough To not need to talk about it anymore Or that I didn't particularly like So I didn't really want to like, linger on them much But I did read one comic that kind of kept me in the fanny It was so good Which was issue one of Art Ops Which... Is a new Vertigo book by um, Sean Simon with art by Mike Allred. Now, I have the same thing about Mike Allred that you do with Brewmaker and Phillips, which is just whenever I see his name attached to anything, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get the first issue of that, see how that goes, <laughs> regardless of what it's about. And um, I don't want to go like too in depth into it because it's um it's kind of fucking brilliant. But the, the sort of premise without going too far into it is that art is actually living stuff so for example the mona lisa is actually a woman in a frame and um and there's a sort of government team that are tasked with protecting these people slash pieces of art and, and all sorts of stuff and uh, by the end of the first issue all of that group of, of government types just disappear from a room just foof and then they were gone there's a chap in it who at the start Is chap a word That anyone says anymore How hey, British are <laughs> today Super British There's a guy in it Who uh, loses his arm Towards the start Of the comic And I mean right at the start So I'm not spoiling too much here And it gets replaced With a sort of Synthetic Art Based arm It's uh, It sounds really weird but it was legitimately like the the first issue one I've read of anything where I haven't thought oh that was a lot of setup I'd like to see where this goes because it just it didn't it sort of threw you into the story but it gave you enough to know to understand what was going on but not so much that you thought like can we hurry this along and get to some actual plot like um and just oh all art is just like oh I could lick it it looks so good yeah I'm I'm all over this it's uh it's pretty stunning. And I like the idea of art being a living thing.
0: That's a that's a very Grant Morrisonian thing. Like, I think he did like a Doom Patrol story like that.
2: Hmm. Well, the, the guy who wrote it, Sean Simon, is somebody I don't know that I've ever heard of before. And I probably should have looked him up before I started talking about this.
0: How do you spell Sean? Uh,
2: it's with a U. S-H-A-U-N. I just realized I said with a U. Like, that was acceptable. But there's like a billion ways you can spell Sean.
0: He wrote the true lives of the fabulous killjoys with Gerard Way for Dark Horse. And he wrote Never Boy for Dark Horse. Apparently, he—he's uh, toured with My Chemical Romance as well.
2: Oh, now I hate him a little bit. <laughs> well,
0: this is according to the—this is according to the um, Wikipedia stub that I just pulled up, and I don't know if there are two Sean Simons writing comics. Uh, nope, it's the same guy.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay trying not to be too judgy (laughs) (laughs) no I did I did really like the book and I am gonna I'm gonna keep on with that one I think because at the same time as picking up issue one of that I also picked up issue one of Clean Room from Vertigo which is like Gail Simone's new thing
0: I've heard great things about that book but I just couldn't pick it up
2: no I I picked it up and I legitimately cannot remember a thing about it and that's not a (laughs) a raising endorsement of a book yeah I'm not 100% 100% sure I know like what at all they were going for, and I don't know whether that's the fault of the comic or my brain. But
0: I was going to say, it's supposed to be pretty scary and you get scared easily, so maybe your brain just forgot it for <laughs> self-preservation. <laughs> it just
2: shuts off like, nope!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the end. <laughs> um, I don't know, and I also picked up issue one of Unfollow, and I can't even remember who wrote that. That's a weird book. I don't know if Isn't I want to get... Mike...
0: Isn't that Mike Carey?
2: Could be. <laughs> Shrugs no,
0: I, I don't think it is
2: Hold on I don't think I, I didn't write it down Because I'm an idiot You see And know uh, <laughs> But whilst you're Looking that up uh, It's it's a weird book That's sort of About The the main idea Is that there's A guy who invented Like this universe's Version of Twitter I think it's called Chirper And he's got like Tons of money And he's dying of cancer And so he just chooses 140 people At random To have His money but at the end of the issue, I'm not entirely sure if there's if there might be a bit of a catch. Question mark. And it's an odd one because it's an intriguing premise. But I don't know if it intrigued me enough for me to wanna to spend money on it again. <laughs> not in floppies at least. Like or like, you know, maybe I'd wait for the trade or stick it on my wish list or something so that I don't have to pay for it myself. <laughs> 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 what a what a mean thing to say
0: about it <laughs> I want
2: to read it but I don't want to have to pay for it basically is what I just said <laughs> <laughs> terrible
0: well I guess you could just hurt the feeling of Rob Williams who wrote that book he uh, wrote the band Hunter uh, and he wrote the Royals Masters of War for Vertigo he wrote some 2080 stuff
1: mm-hmm. I think so, I think
2: he was at the con I was at last weekend but I didn't know who he was so I didn't pay him any mind <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny. Well, there was actually there was a convention down here where I live last weekend too. I, I wanted to have a table at. I just moved down here too late to get one. Oh, but but Charlie Adler was there, and I, I was I was telling the, the shop folks the. the in the comic shop who run the show as well that might come surprised he came when thought Bubble was this weekend he's like yeah we know but he wanted to come to America so <laughs>
2: thing is alright no offence if somebody said to me do you want a free trip to America or do you fancy going to rainy old arsehole Leeds again I'd be like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll take that trip to America thanks because um, I don't know if you saw uh, this is a boring weather report for everyone I don't know if you saw um, the thing doing the rounds about those two blokes in Leeds who were sitting in a flooded pub garden just just finishing their points yeah, right, to, up to their chests. Like that was Leeds this weekend. I mean, we were quite lucky because we were in a part of it that wasn't that bad. Like the canal next to where the con is was a little bit overflowy, but nothing too serious, which uh, is quite lucky. But it did just like dick it down all weekend. And I got caught in a hailstorm, which was wonderful. Yikes. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Comics, yeah, I did pick up a couple of things. At Thought, but when I say a couple, I mean literally two. Uh, but I haven't read either of them yet, so I can't can't talk about them. And also, one of them is a kids' book that I bought for my niece who can't read yet. But I don't care because I'm going to educate her in the ways of comics and cuteness very early on. I uh, I
0: tried buying my niece a comic when she was eight months old because I figured you know her mom could read it to her and she'd have it. But what I forgot to take into account was that babies at eight months old do a lot of exploration and learning with their hands. Mm-hmm. So I handed it to her, and she almost literally immediately tore it to shreds. Oh
2: no! See, what I thought it's you just... were going to say was, is that she almost immediately put it in her mouth because that's what my niece does with everything.
0: She she almost did, but she had little pits in her hand that I didn't want her to choke, so I wouldn't let her. But she like she literally just grabbed it and she opened it and she started just shaking it until the just oh, no. came out in her hands.
2: <laughs> oh no! Oh that's well. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking this is probably a book I should probably save for next Christmas because I bought it with the intention of giving it to her for Christmas. It's called um, I Know Bigfoot and it's by uh, Jess Bradley, who I absolutely love. She does all these adorable comic strips online about like, they're mostly based around puns, around, yeah, like like wordplay, but also cute things. And I kind of love her. Um, And I thought I'd pick it up for Lexi, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking now maybe I don't want to ruin it because it is, it does look lovely. I haven't read it yet, but it looks so nice. And the other book that I picked up that I haven't read yet, is called Bumstorm, and it's a comic about farts. <laughs> so how could yes, not? of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything that's called Bumstorm is probably going to get my money because it's called Bumstorm, guys. And if you never hear me speak of it again, that's because it was terrible. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> if next episode I'm not going Bumstorm, you guys, no. I'm joking. Yeah, I was, like, the, the purse strings were a bit tighter at Thought Bubble this weekend than most of the weekends because I'm going to Bruges in like two weeks and, um, I need money for that also. But, um, it was such a good con, but I am now 100% cream cracker because I didn't go to sleep before one o'clock on the Friday or the Sunday night. Saturday night, I was out at the party till half four, I think. <laughs> And then I got up I got up at seven thirty, as you fucking do. Like what the chuff. Yeah, uh gracious. yeah. I know. The thing is, right, this is why I love Thought Bubble, because that mid-show party is like the one time of the year that I get to just like be an absolute dickhead on a dance floor. Because I like to call, like my style of dancing is what I like to call the epileptic octopus, because it involves like a lot of like flaily movement. It kind of looks like, you know, those like blow up things they have outside of car dealerships that just waft in the wind and like flash. I'm like one of those, except I'm not rooted to the spot. I also move around a lot. And, have have uh,
0: you ever seen that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. <laughs> For the listeners who don't know, there was, there was when they when they learned that Dee dances exactly like one of those guys, like literally like one of them. <laughs>
2: yeah that's pretty much me that is on a dance floor but the best the absolute best thing about a party full of comic book nerds is that literally no one in there can dance and i don't <laughs> don't know whether that's me being mean to know, except barry and barry's not allowed to come to the parties anymore because he shows us all up but um this <laughs> this year i had a bit of a laugh because uh, I, I got famous on the dance floor for like a minute this isn't related to anything but i just want to tell you the story because it made me laugh the the way they do the parties they have some of the Creators from the con do like guest DJ sets And um, it was in the middle of I think it was Anthony Johnston's set The music just went quiet and he goes Is there a Stacey Taylor in the room? And because I was quite drunk by this point It was like one in the morning I'd been drinking an inordinate amount of wine I, for some reason, thought, oh, my God, this is going to be somebody dedicating a song to me because I'm so fan-fucking-tastic, and it's going to be fucking Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, which is just the anthem to my life right now, and I'm going to have the best time. And then he finished his sentence with, one of your friends is outside, and he can't, yours is the only name he can remember, and he really needs your help. <laughs> 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 so um the, the room that we were in at the Corn Exchange, it has, like, we were on the dance floor which is like the bottom floor and then you have to there's two sets of stairs that go up from like either side of the dance floor and meet in the middle at the balcony at the top and the door's like the opposite side so I had to walk up all these stairs and everyone could see me and then walk almost all the way around the balcony to get out and people were chanting Stacey! Stacey! (laughs) Stacey! And I was just like waving from the balcony like yes I'm going to go pick my drunken friend up probably in a pool of sick I'll see you in a minute Yeah Um,
0: at least least they knew that it was you, who was you were the hero. Oh, they yeah,
2: did. exactly.
0: Are, sorry, are you going to name shame this friend? Or? <laughs> no, not.
2: but he does a podcast himself. So if he names and shames himself, then that's fine. <laughs> 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 uh, no, it was quite amusing. I. It was quite nice to have everybody chanting my name, even if it was for completely bizarre reason that i was not expecting at all i just what i quite liked was the fact that it got relayed to the dj that it was like mine was the only name he could remember like he couldn't even remember his own but um, it was actually actually not that bad when i got outside (laughs) blessing Uh, but the the worst of it was because i'm a horrible person is as soon as i knew he was on his way back to the hotel with someone else i just went back in and carried up partying (laughs) (laughs) I am the absolute worst friend. Um, did
0: you do the same thing to me once? Uh,
2: that's entirely... But yes! yeah. <gasps> <Yes! laughs> <laughs> I just remembered. I forgot about that time you got super drunk. Oh, that's what yeah, happens fair. when you try I and, did,
0: and... I remember plenty of names. You just... Decided it was time to walk you back to my hotel.
2: <laughs> I know when to take care of a friend, and I also know when to carry on partying. <laughs> uh, but I was really sad because actually the next song that was played as I was leaving the room was fucking Taylor Swift's "Shake It Off," which uh, sad I missed that. But anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, that's why I'm so crackered now. <laughs> I can't, I can't even cope. Well, like I got to work on Tuesday because I took Monday off because I was travelling back down. Actually, I was going down this time? Uh, we been travelling back down from Leeds on Monday morning, and uh, yeah, by the time I'm home, I was just like, <laughs> got into work Tuesday morning, and my boss was like, "How hey, was your weekend?" And I was like,
0: "What?
2: Time, <laughs> what time is it?" I'm like, "Is it bedtime?" Just like, no, do some work. Uh, anyway,
0: yeah, when I would, whenever I would uh go to convention, where I was preparing to go to conventions and stuff like that, I like the. It, People are like, what, do you like to dress up and stuff like that? I'm like, no. I I, I go to sell my comics and stuff like that, but I mostly just go to see my friends because comic creators are like rock stars when they're together. Yeah. Because they only see their friends like four or five, six times a year. So they have fun.
2: Yeah well see this is the thing I was talking to Phil about this afterwards because I actually didn't didn't go to see any particular creator because the only one that I knew was there that I haven't met before that I really wanted to meet was Ben Temple Smith, but I was too scared to go and talk to him because um, I'm weird like that. So I spent most of the weekend just like browsing and then just chatting with my friends but it's it's funny how like even creators I'm not that bothered about Become like On such a pedestal For me When I'm at a con It was like I mean The, the best example of it Is on the dance floor Like Kieran Gillen Is If you ever seen This man dance He's like a fucking god On the dance floor It's ridiculous And there were a couple of times At which we were dancing In a very close vicinity To one another And I got proper flustered Because I was just like Oh my god There's Kieran Gillen He's dancing with all his friends And he looks so amazing Oh god I look like a fucking Fat mess And just like had a mental breakdown i've only read one comic of his that i actually like and all the others i think are really shit (laughs) what am i doing like just you know he's just a dude having a dance it's fine but no i just couldn't even Ugh, too much talent on the dance floor is what it was (sighs) but i'll really miss everybody now because there's so many people that i only see once a year at thought bubble sad face but anyway pop culture hey are you watching adventure time still
0: I well, I haven't watched it in the last little while because um, I watch it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So the last episode I saw was the one where Bubblegum and Flame Princess had their fight because Bubblegum was trying to destroy all the Flame Kingdom's Guardian robots.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So let's see. That would be
2: Adventure Time. I thought you were going to sing in the theme tune, then we'll do
0: a no, I, I Well, no, so now it's too late. Well, no, I I wasn't actually going to, then I thought, oh, I should have. And then I'm like, ah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, The Cooler, Season 6, Episode 22. So I'm about a year behind, I think.
2: Oh, crumbs. Crumbs.
0: They're they're really slow at putting stuff um, on their streaming services. Like, they just put the the last part of Season 1 of Steven Universe on Monday. Ooh. So so no I'm behind on adventure time.
2: Well I won't I won't be too spoilerific then cuz I just started watching series 7 I assume if you... <laughs> I've got no concept of this show is so weird in terms of when it comes out cuz it seems like sometimes there'll be a massive hiatus in the middle but then the gap between the start and end of a series is like like 2 weeks which really throws me. But I have also just started watching Stakes which is the mini series that's just about Marcy
0: I was I was gonna say yeah they're also doing a Marcy miniseries this year which oh, sounds awesome I can't wait to see yes, that
2: it is so far I've seen two episodes so far and uh, yeah it's pretty awesome well I'm not gonna no I've, in fact I'll just shut up because I will end up spoiling it and I don't want to <laughs> but what I will say is that I think um, is it Olivia Olsen who does the voice of Marceline
0: uh, I think that's her name
2: um she's oh god she she's just fantastic in, in the two episodes that that I've watched like. It almost seems like a different person from like the start of Adventure Time. She's, she's like come along and not not to say she was like shit to begin with because she's never been shit. But, um, she just, she works so hard in these two episodes and she's just like amazing. Um, It's great. It's so good. And I like, I like the fact that, um, oh no, see, that's going to spoil things. I'll shut my mouth. i almost felt the end of uh, the last series of adventure time so I'll just shut up and just say that it's really good and that the first few episodes of series 7 of adventure time have been really good too uh, if awesome. not a little bit weird <laughs> there was there was one that's I don't I don't consider this to be spoilers because it's not like an actual like thing about a particular character but there's like weird flying mushroom monster things nice. and i was just like i don't know what you're trying to say here because <laughs> you know um, sometimes i watch i watch adventure time and think oh uh that's definitely like an allegory for this and that's mm-hmm. definitely like for example the, the one where um finn keeps having like dreams about flame princess and ice king having a fight and it's yeah. it's definitely like wet dream allegory time like oh absolutely. burgeoning puberty situation like this one I, just, I, I look at it every which way I can and I can't figure out what flying mushrooms is supposed to mean if anything <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like nope I don't get it if it's fine it's funny yeah so it's good oh it's so
0: good do you know that, do you know that the Olivia Olsen was the little girl who sang uh, the song at the pageant in Love Actually
2: I did not know that because I've not seen Love Actually all the way through oh okay is that a horrendous uh, thing to admit?
0: I assumed it was mandatory for you and your countrymen.
2: Uh no. I don't really like girly movies. Uh, <laughs> I like the odd one. It's not uh,
0: girly, it's delightful. Okay.
2: Well, is it though?
0: Yes. Is it though?
2: Isn't it yes. am I thinking am I thinking of the right movie? Is this the one where Andrew Lincoln basically plays a stalker? Yes. And then okay, somehow makes- ends up with the woman.
0: No, he doesn't end up with the woman.
2: Oh, does he not? Well good, because oh, he's a pretty, fucking stalker.
0: Yeah, <laughs> His thing is like, I, I was trying to pretend I didn't like you because you're married to my best friend and I need to get over you. That was the whole point of the thing with the cardboard signs at the end of it.
2: Oh, I yeah. didn't get that far. Because I got too cross with everybody telling Martine McCutcheon she's fat.
0: yeah i didn't get that
2: because things like that make me cross because as an actual fat person it's really it's really rude (laughs) because if you're calling her fat what you're calling everybody who is actually a little bit overweight is like fucking monstrous and that's not very helpful to self esteem and things so i couldn't really get behind it then i got really cross
0: do understand Do you want to go back To talking about Adventure Time?
2: Let's Here's an Adventure Time Fact for you That I'm, I bet Everybody else knows The bird who I should stop referring To women as birds It's really <laughs> It's not It's not good at all The lady who plays Princess Bubblegum Was in Groundhog Day Really? Don't you know As half of one of the couples That's in the The cafe that they keep Going to like a bajillion times Obviously because It's Groundhog Day There's a fact for you Fact fans
1: Oh
2: yeah I just does. a Thumbs up and no one Was here to see <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah, I
0: know. Man, the Adventure Time is like it's such a great cartoon. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's got its ridiculous fun. And it's like I rewatched BMO Noir yesterday.
2: Oh, I fucking love that one. His puts on his grabbers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Lorraine, you you betrayed... <laughs> I went for a real man, like rod, you know. <laughs> I forget who the real man was in that situation. I think it was the remote control. <laughs> Whatever, Chico or yes. whatever Zay was.
2: Oh God. I absolutely love that. If any episode that focuses on BMO, in fact, you've got an absolute treat coming up at the series there. Cause it's the BMO. episode that's just like, Oh, it's kind of like a psychological thriller, actually.
0: Nice. BMO <laughs> like, episodes are some of my favorite episodes. Same with Marceline.
2: I just, oh, I adore BMO so yeah. much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like when he was practicing karate that one time when he jumped on Fen. He's like, if this was a real attack, you'd be dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it when Bemo just comes out with something really dark for no good reason <laughs> yeah. like, absolutely no good reason I can't anything off the top of my head but there's just like sometimes where I'll we'll just say something and you'll think oh shit man that's fucked up <laughs> when,
0: when Finn was uh, disgu- he put, he made, disguised he disguise himself like a Frank or something like he shaved his head and gave him oh, a
2: and gave mustache himself a yeah,
0: yeah and, and he's like how do I look and Bemo's crying he's like like the devil yeah <laughs> I was so shocked when he said that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could honestly watch Adventure Time like all day.
0: Yeah, it's, you know,
2: all the so days awesome. that I'm not watching Rick and Morty, obviously.
0: I know. Uh, seriously, I love I, like some of those like like the um, Ice King and Marcy episodes. You don't need me to tell you this, but like there are some of like the just the most moving things ever. Mm-hmm. Like the like the one um, remember me
1: mm-hmm.
0: the episode where um, he wants to be a rock star. And she, and it was the first time she realized that he didn't abandon her because he abandoned her. He he abandoned her because he lost his mind and forgot her.
2: There's um the episode that got me the most, and i I think I'm, I don't think I'm going to spoil this week because I think it was the end of series five and the start of series six. She's the ones with Finn's dad, yeah, and the like weird crystal prison thing. Because as a person who whose dad has just like not been around, watching Finn try desperately to hold on to his his dad with his grass sword hand and then losing his arm I was just I actually cried I was like I can't I can't cope with this what am I watching Rich was like calm down stay. it's fine and I was like why wouldn't his dad stay with him though he's just got really stressed about it yeah it's like a bit of an emotional good point Jay yeah.
0: the thing is though like like I like I like how they keep bringing in elements to like of the Ice King's past and everything like that like mm-hmm. with him and Simon and Marcy which is another fantastic episode I'll yeah. never be able to hear the Cheers theme song the same way again.
2: <laughs> yeah. When
0: he's, when he's like shouting it to himself to try to hold on to his sanity.
2: Yeah, it's his terrifying.
0: Name. But, um, like they're almost writing themselves into a corner because they need to keep the Ice King around because he's, the Ice King is one of their major characters, but at the same time, you can tell they want to fix him mm. because now that people know what he is, like it seems cruel to keep him. I
2: don't, um, I don't see how they could fix him, though, to be honest. I mean, because I've always sort of assumed that what they were doing with, with him was sort of a, an allegory for, for Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's and dementia, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, they brought and it's in. Not, there's not really much coming back from that, is there?
0: No, like, but I mean, there's no giant blue men flying around shooting ice in their hands either. Well,
2: oh, so. you don't know, do you?
1: <laughs> you Actually, I
0: do.
2: Never been to everywhere to know this. Yeah, but I think of a lot of places. Yeah, actually, you've been to so many more places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I mean, they brought, brought, like, Betty back from the past, and uh, she was working, trying to figure out how to keep him from, to take away the magic and cure and keep him from dying at the same time. Mm. So, I don't know. Another small misstep I think they made was giving Jake the puppies.
2: It's an odd one for me, because whilst I really like the idea of the puppies, the fact that they've written him to not seemingly give much of a shit actually makes him to be like, he seems like a bit of an
1: arsehole.
0: Yeah. It's not even <laughs> just that. Like I mean, one of the, I think it's the one that Kristen Shaw voices points out the fact that he still plays. He's like a man child. Mm. Like it was one thing when he w- it was just him and Finn goofing around having adventures, but when you put him into an adult role that they really couldn't keep him in because it would break up the, the pretty much the whole raison d'etre of the show, mm. then you just make Jake look a lot worse. Yeah. Like he, he looks, he looks just like, he looks like a, a man child who refuses to grow up and to, like, even though they tried to write around it by saying that rainicorn pups grow to adulthood in a day, I mean, still. You know?
2: Yeah, it's an odd one. Like, I think it's just a theme in Adventure Time that dads are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Marcy's dad's not great. Finn's dad's an actual asshole. <laughs> there's a yeah. There's not. I'm trying to think of a good dad in Adventure Time land. Not a lot
0: of people have parents because they were like created from goop, whole cloth out of whatever. Yeah, I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah. There is that.
0: Do you watch uh, Steven Universe?
2: no i am um, I, I had a conversation about this uh this past weekend because there are about 12 people trying to convince me that i should but um i started watching i think i got maybe four or five episodes in and i found stephen's voice too grating on me made me want to punch you all so i
1: kind of he, had to stop the thing
0: is you're not wrong he his voice can be hard to listen to he just kind of whines a lot yeah but i think I, he, he, it seems to go away a little bit as the show progresses i mean I'm 52, but 52 episodes in, and that's like the first season, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe partway into the second season, depending on whose counting you go by. But uh, no, it's it's beyond that. It's it's actually a really excellent cartoon. I mean, they go for like the real emotional kickers, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of like suddenly thrown into an episode like that's. It's kind of pretty much funny up until that point. And then, you know, sometimes there are some legitimately, like, really sad moments in there. And, uh, like, the mythology and the storytelling, it, it's, it's so, there's so much to it. Like, it's the show you watch that says, I like, anytime anybody who makes stories should want to do better because the show exists.
2: The thing is, I could see it's the kind of show I would probably enjoy. And I absolutely love the look of it. But yeah, I just—I just, he was so irritated. <laughs> I will give it another bash. I think because lots of people have told me it's really worth sticking with. I think it's just because I've—I'm watching so much stuff right now.
0: Yeah. That, like,
2: squidging it all into my days is difficult.
0: Yeah, I'm watching so much these days too.
2: Because I've got like—I mean, I'm still watching The Flash, The Supergirl. I just started
0: watching. Supergirl.
2: Oh well, Supergirl is uh uh hmm hmm thoughts. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to (laughs) arrange my jumble of thoughts. I think overall, it's very, very good. Um, And I really like um, Melissa. Benoist. There you go. I knew it was a surname I was going to struggle with. Thanks. I really love her because she's got some absolutely fucking fantastic facial expressions. Like, she's properly wonderful. But I think it's a bit twee in places. And um, there's a guy, how many episodes have you seen?
0: I've seen all of them so far.
2: Okay, cool. Um, the the guy who works in her office with her who's um, who's not Jimmy Olsen. The other one whose name I can't remember. Who like Dark makes man's son. the one who like makes her costume and sorts her out with a little sort of computery lair thing. Yeah, win. like he seems very much like a MacGuffin. He reminds me of Hermione from the Harry Potter books in the sense that it's like oh we need somebody to fix this thing. I oh, will just get her to do it. Cause she's the smart one. And in this, it seems like it's like oh we needed to have a lab so we'll just get him to do it because he does IT uh, also we needed to have a costume well obviously he can do it because of reasons <laughs> it just seems very much like ah uh, you know we need an easy fix for this plot to actually work so we'll just throw it at that guy a bit well fun. there
0: there are continuity ways to explain how he can do so many things and he's he the character is actually going to appear in the show later this season but he's the son of the toy man mhm So, I don't know if you're familiar with the Toy Man.
2: Vaguely.
0: He's a a Superman villain who builds toys, and he's kind of a monstrous guy. In one of the darker Superman stories, he actually murdered Cat Grant's son.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: Which I doubt they're going to do on this show. (laughs) That's not really the tone. No, I do get the point you're making, but again, it's also a show we have... A lot of people have a hard time remembering. Not saying you do, but a lot of people have a hard time remembering. This show is not... It's geared for a younger audience Mm -hmm.
1: than normal
0: watches shows like this I mean yeah they want the 18 to 49 demographic but it's really for kids like 8 to 18 you know and so you have to you have to be able to excuse some things and that's not saying that kids are dumb or they're not going to get complicated shows but you know it's not going to be the most in-depth multi-layered thing in the world just because it really you know it's not that kind of show yeah. But yeah, I I mean, I've been, I've been enjoying it. I understand there's some clunky things that I'm willing to excuse in, like, the early days of a show. I thought the most recent episode with uh, Livewire was really good. I think that was the best of the season. Mm-hmm. And I really love the cast. I think Melissa Benoist is just delightful. I mean, yeah. like, you can tell, like, when she's flying around and just smiling like she does and just taking delight in being a superhero, she's not acting. Yeah. You can tell she is – that is her enjoying, like – the role that she is in, yeah. So I and I, I I like the show, and I'm still sticking with it. And you know, I have non comic reading family who are enjoying it as well. Mm-hmm. So
2: oh yeah, I do think it's very um like sort of all audiences friendly in the sense that I, there's not any person in my life I wouldn't recommend it to.
1: Um, I, mean,
0: it's, I mean, I mean, I understand it's like there are all ages shows like Doctor Who, which can which are very deep and in-depth but I think they're just trying to find their footing right now and as they get more used to it they're going to get better
2: yeah no I am really enjoying it I think there's just I I could do with just like a a little bit less tweeness tweeness oh that, that sounds like a terrible word also the one thing that's really bothering me with it and I think they either need to stop doing it or bring Superman in is stop dancing around Superman like Every episode so far that I've seen has either had like like a Skype conversation or but well not Skype but you know instant message conversation or he's appeared but you only see his cape or he uh, he appeared but then he had to go straight away because of a volcano or something don't know and I feel like. You either like be- it's becoming very obvious that he's that you're not putting him in it, and I feel like you either need to just like back away from him a bit or actually cast someone and have them in it for like a period of time so we can actually see him so it doesn't feel like a weird, cheap reference. If that makes any sort of sense,
0: well, they're they're in this weird bind where they can't not have Superman because Supergirl is his cousin, but at the same time, they're trying to keep the um, franchises separate and distinct. Uh, especially the movie franchise and the mm-hmm. TV franchises so they the, really all they can do is these little glimpses of him and again i think it's one of those things that once they get their feet and people realize that this is like that whole third episode was the when the, the reactron mm-hmm. was to say like we don't need she doesn't need superman to stand on her own two feet this is as much for the character as for the audience to say hey you know she doesn't need him so neither do neither do you now she's going to go on her own
2: I hope so, because I feel like it's more like the ghost of Superman than anything else, and I either want it i want it to be there as like a fully realised thing, or just gone. <laughs> I'm just being picky, I'm sorry. I'm really tired, what do you want from me? <sighs>
0: it's okay.
2: <laughs> I am enjoying it, though, if that helps. And I just started watching a show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which okay. is um, kind of insane, but I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this?
0: I have, I haven't seen it.
2: Okay, well, like it was sold to me on the premise of being a bit like flight of the concords but with girls uh, it's n- it's not though it's uh the only sort of similarity it has is that people burst into song occasionally for no real reason so it's just a musical but it's about a lady who is working a really really amazing job in a law firm um she's been to harvard she's super smart she's got you know she's Amazing. Everybody in their job loves her, but she's not very happy and uh, she's about to get a promotion, but instead decides to go outside and have almost have a panic attack and decides to like move her ass to California. Mm I think think it's West Corvina just because there's a dude there that she briefly dated at summer camp once when she was like 13. And it's, uh, it's Bananas and I kind of love it. Like, there's a song that they have that had me, like, actually crying laughing. Um, I can't remember if it was the first or the second episode where she was, like, trying to get ready to... It wasn't for an actual date, but it was for, like she was trying to impress this guy um, and she started doing a sexy getting ready song and it was all about like having to like put on your shaping underpants and you know just all these really unattractive completely unsexy things and she's trying to do like a sexy dance while I was plucking her moustache off and st- <laughs> crack me off I enjoyed it so yeah I've been watching that that's good I've been watching Ash versus Evil Dead which is tits but I think I'm going to talk more about that next time because the guy I've got lined up for next time is like a massive Raimi fan, so he'll Fair probably enough. kick me if I talk too much about it. I'm realising that I haven't really got much left to talk about, so I'm going to hand it back over to you if you've got anything else you wanted to
0: talk oh, about. I was, I was going to say, we haven't talked about Rick and Morty yet.
2: <laughs> like, this is the section of the show that everyone will be skipping, because I always
0: talk about it. That's why it's at the end.
2: Always talk about it. But goddamn, I cannot stop watching. Yeah. Fucking! Oh. I just finished I,
0: season two about a week or two ago. Oof,
2: how's your heart doing?
0: Like I was, my <laughs> like, I, I, I was watching it at like eleven p.m. <laughs> my time, and I immediately messaged you to wake up so we could talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's uh it's uh, th- that last episode. My, I mean, I think I've rewatched it about four times since since I spoke about it on the last episode, and um. God damn, like oh <laughs> I can't even form sentences. It's just I d I don't know if I said this last time, but I definitely said it in one of the Geek Syndicate reviews that I did. That like one of my favourite things about Rick and Morty is how it completely fluidly, but also like completely flawlessly moves from being so emotional and kicking you in the in your heart's fanny to being really fucking hilarious. And the scene like going from the carnage at the wedding to that ridiculous like montage of them trying to find somewhere else to live <laughs> and then going to Rick getting arrested i was just like when he's in the bar looking at that photograph of himself and squanchy and bird person oh god i actually did a little cry and i've <laughs> cried i've cried on occasion since as well like not just the first time i watched it that probably says more about my mental state than it does the show but
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god they
0: don't do the emotional stuff as often as um as, like, Dan Harmon would do it with Community. I don't know mm. if that's because Dan Harmon has less influence here or less influence on Community. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's um, – so. He, but they've, they've had those – They've had, like, what, two really emotional – and that one and the one at the end with Unity?
2: Yeah, I um, I think the end of Episode 4 as well, the end of um, – the one with the parasites and all the extra characters.
0: Oh, that I didn't find that emotional just as, like, try, him trying to be as
2: dark really? as possible. Really, even the bit after the credits where um, he no, tells yeah. oh in the hospital and he tells Beth to, that he's sorry that she didn't have any bad memories of him.
0: Yeah, I was no, like, I, I just thought they were just trying to be super dark. Like, I
2: was, was balling, mate. Like,
0: you're not allowed, <laughs> like it's just kind of the theme of the show. Like you're not allowed to be good. Like because every time Morty, every time Morty tries to do something moral, like when he tried to save that that um, plasma creature, False. or he was trying to stop the purge. Like he instantly becomes the cause of death and destruction and chaos all around him. And it's just like it's just like the message of the show is like like any if you dare think you're more moral than I am, we're immediately going to drag you into the ground. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a weird message for a show to have, uh, for sure. But I think I don't know, the way I was seeing it was more of a sort of sense of perhaps for people to be a bit more like Rick in the sense of um Maybe not always. Maybe just doing some more things for yourself. Uh, maybe not always trying to do the thing that's hundred percent right. Or like, I don't know.
0: Except the thing is, Rick is a sociopath.
2: Yeah, Rick's an asshole. <laughs> he's a wonderful asshole, but he's an. No, arsehole. I mean
0: he's a, he's a literal sociopath.
2: Yeah. The fact, oh, that, yeah. the
0: fact that he has any emotional like ties to anybody or guilt to for anything is like unusual.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can tell by, I think it was the end of episode, I can't remember which one it was, Rick Potion number nine, when he's just casually picking up his own dead body and burying it <laughs> yeah. uh, when they skip dimensions. I was like, that that's the point when you think, oh, no, you are actually like almost entirely detached from the actual world.
0: Yeah, or like the one with the well. uh, the, the um, anatomy park where he's <laughs> trying to save the homeless guy's life and he dies. Like, well, he can't cure death and just throws the head over his
2: shoulder <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is why this is why I really like when they do the very rare emotional bits in Rick and Morty because I think it's much more impactful when it's used sparingly. Like I was not expecting the end of the episode with Unity even a little bit because even even at the start of the episode until until you get to that point where he tries to to kill himself in the garage at the end until you get to that point that relationship is just shown to be him being a bit of a Destructive, greedy asshole in terms of like everybody doing what he wants to do. And it's only when he tries to kill himself that you realise that actually that's probably as close to having an actual like intimate relationship with someone as Rick's probably ever going to get. Because he's being a genius, I imagine, means your tolerance for people who aren't smart and also things that aren't interesting is probably really low. I can't imagine him just going out with a normal human woman. Like, yeah. like how he ever was with Beth's mom drives me a bit but I'd love to know more about that even though I don't think I actually would <laughs> that's what a fan fiction's for <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah I can't imagine anything but something like Unity being able to ever satisfy his like thirst for excitement and stuff
0: well it's also like how Bird Person was saying how that oh. w- dub dub was him saying like I'm in great pain help me yeah
2: Fucking
0: bird person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, he does have, he does have, there, there are shreds of it in there. And I mean, he is secretly fond of Morty, mm-hmm. even if it's so much that he has to have like a photo of himself with his baby grandson at his best friend's house on another planet, <laughs> which actually kind of, if you think about it, like he would have had to have snuck in to take that photo with Morty because yeah. he was gone. And this part at that part of, uh, Beth's life right
2: there are there are many theories online about whether or not that's the right Rick or whether that's our Morty or if that was his original Morty and he stuck around for that family and came into this family's life because he knew their Rick had gone all sorts of theories it's all very confused well it's not confusing but it's all like
0: I, the thing is, know. I, I know Dan Harmon actually like reads message boards and fan theories about his shows <laughs> and sometimes like he'll like he'll either make fun of them or like take ideas from them and twist them into his own and stuff like that. Mm. I think he did that once or twice on community, which they were actually watching on that unity episode. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was brilliant. No, I didn't get the it. reference the no, first time around.
0: I missed the reference the first time around, but the second time I was like, "Oh yeah, that is community." <laughs> I think my favorite episode is the uh, one of them with the mental with the memory parasites.
2: Yeah, I did. that episode was so good.
0: I think it was, it was just it was just really smartly put together how like this like the as new creations came in their memory shifted and like but it was a fluid shift mm-hmm. it was like sleepy gary was suddenly Beth's husband and 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 rick is like i've known you for 15 years sleepy gary and you know just little things like that and just how how it just went back and forth and back and forth really quick
2: what i loved about that is how that episode blended the really clever stuff with also some really stupid stuff like having a pencil called pencil vesta
0: yeah <laughs>
2: or a samurai wearing pork products called Hammer Eye. <laughs> <laughs> like I just.
0: <laughs> Pterodactyl <Photography> raptor.
2: <laughs> and reverse giraffe was the one that got me. Yeah, I'm the one I, I, I love like the short they... neck and legs.
0: <laughs> I love how they went from like sitcom tropes to just the most ridiculous ideas instantly. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Everybody can eye out for ridiculous uh, ridiculous side characters. Here you go, Rick. Thank you, Mister. <laughs> Butthole, I can always count on you.
2: <laughs> oh, Mr. Poopy Butthole.
0: And that, you know, that actually must have been, like, not our Rick and Morty. Because Mr. Poopy Butthole had been, like, a longtime family friend. And he's not. And that's why it was such a surprise when Beth shot him. So that couldn't have been, that had to have been like one of those alternate universe versions.
2: Oh, don't say things like that. Just, a friend of mine said to me after the uh, after the season two finale, he was like, wouldn't it be terrible if series three was just an entirely different Rick and Morty? And I was like, shut the fuck up, Lee. Why would you even suggest that that was a thing? Uh, that can't happen. Ever. I was listening to the latest episode of Rob Paulson's podcast, Talking Tunes, the other day. And he had um, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon and Ryan Ridley, I think, on it. And uh, it descended into madness almost immediately because they were all bananas. But it was a really interesting episode in terms of like getting bits of insight on Rick and Morty and where it came from and stuff. Because I don't know if you've seen the, the Doc and Marty short that it comes from. That I
0: saw just the beginning immorality. of it, but then, like when Doc pulled out his genitals, <laughs>
2: yeah. I couldn't get through it either. There's only yeah. so much watching a small boy lick an old man's bollocks that I.
1: Yeah, I'm- see, that's a,
0: that's actually the <laughs> thing that seriously pisses me off about, like, like, at what point did like child abuse become funny? When did it become a source of like comedy? And, like I like you you know that not just that that short, but like the uh the jelly bean episode as well.
2: See, no, the jelly bean episode, I don't think that was I was I was talking about this a few episodes ago because I said that that scene almost pushed me over the edge in terms of whether or not I was gonna continue to watch Rick and Morty. But I think what I didn't explain was why it didn't put me off. And I think it's because it's actually for a for an attempted rape scene it's actually played really well in the sense that for a start i don't think it's f- supposed to be funny at all it doesn't come across even slightly funny and it doesn't come across even slightly sexy either because there are films can't think of any off the top of my head but there are some films that almost glamorize like an attempted like attempted rape or an actual rape like it's somehow a sexy scene and it it definitely shouldn't be and i think the fact that Morty fights back is kind of brilliant too. And also Rick's reaction to, uh like he immediately, as soon as he sees that jelly bean walk out of the toilet with the state that Morty's in, he can immediately tell what's happened, but he doesn't just like tramp over there and start beating the shit out of the guy. He tends to Morty's needs and he gives him agency and he helps him, you know, achieve what he went to that place to achieve. And it's totally on rick and that's why it was brilliant. And there you go, that's my two cents.
0: Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's also you know you're not. Those are very valid points, but it's also the fact that Morty's still a kid, and it, clearly the, the, that King has has molested children before. And even even if they played that scene straight at the end, and that scene at the end when they discover the late King after Rick shoots him, after and they discover his effects and realize that he has been abusing like multiple children, they're like. Like, let's not tell anybody. Let's remember him as he was, not who, or as as we think he was, not who he really was. And like, they have that mm. statue of him with a with his hand on a child's shoulder. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? I'm am sorry, but like, when did this become okay?
2: It's it's a difficult one because I think I've always I've I've got a weird position on things like this because on the one hand, I kind of want to live in a world where we can make a joke about anything because I think laughter has power, and when you can exert power over something grim and awful it can make it a little less shit but i think it has to be handled really well and i think it entirely depends on your situation as well because i can i could potentially say a, a a joke like that might be funny or like a joke similar to that i might laugh at but i've never actually been abused as a child or seen that or known anyone that's been abused as a child so my frame of reference is so so different to other people's i don't know comedy's a hard one i think <laughs> i've had this discussion with rich before because like you know when i'm quite a big fan of frankie boyle and he oft- quite often gets in trouble for making a joke about a disabled person or i don't know like you know stuff like that and th- the problem is is that i feel like i want to be able to laugh at all the jokes that i find funny but i also don't want to come across as being an insensitive asshole. <laughs> And like I say, I do think, I do think laughter has power. And I think if you can laugh at something, you can make it infinitely smaller. But like I say, this is coming from somebody with a, you know, a pretty good childhood and a pretty good adulthood who's married and has never had to be like super poor or, you know, she has a health. So maybe I should just shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I, don't know. I just. Stuff like that just really pisses me off, that's all. I mean...
2: oh, well, I can totally see why. It didn't piss me off, but I think it was because of the way they treated the scene earlier in the in the episode. Like, that felt like they weren't trying to belittle it or make it, like, a, a stupid thing. It was, like, a legitimate big deal, but, oh, I don't know. It's a complicated and, situation.
0: Yeah, and, and also, uh, had Rick not shot the jelly bean at the end, then... You know, he almost had to do that to make him a character you could continue to sympathize with if you're gonna watch the show.
2: You couldn't you absolutely could not have left the jelly bean running around molesting other kids. Absolutely <clears throat> like not in a month of Sundays. The one thing I find intriguing is knowing whether or not Morty knows that he killed him. Because I would imagine if he doesn't know that he's dead, that would fucking ruin your brain. Mm. Like for I know he's a cartoon character <laughs> 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 and I'm really rationalizing not real things but if he doesn't know that the jelly bean is dead i would imagine that would like fucking plague your nightmares somewhat chronic mm.
0: he's- and that's actually that's actually another example of like them like fucking up morty's life when he tries to do something good you know <laughs> he tried to have this fun adventure and it was going really smoothly until
2: yeah that's a weird episode i am not sure about the Seeks storyline in that one either cuz i think the Seats are kind of fucking brilliant
0: but I six are
2: funny well no i I like the me seats themselves the problem i've got is i feel like we've seen jerry and beth be on the verge of a divorce far too many times for them to still be having this situation but i suppose that's watching it in hindsight like knowing what what happens in the rest of the series and series two because i feel like them pair now should either stop arguing because they've worked through all the stuff or get a fucking divorce (laughs) like you can't just keep going round in circles being arseholes to each other well
0: they did have to they did end up getting therapy.
2: You know. <laughs> I'm not convinced so, it really worked, though.
0: Well, as as the um, as the dean from community said, they're codependent. So <laughs> they really, they, they they you know they they and they did come to the the realization that they that they do you know they they, they are as toxic as the relationship is. They can stick it out through at least Morty's high school graduation.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how good an idea that is for either of the kids, but oh well.
0: It's really weird to think that Beth and Jerry are like my age. They might actually be slightly younger.
2: <laughs> I have no idea how old they're supposed to be. In fact, in the... Uh... It's, it's
0: really easy to tell. Uh, she got knocked up when she was a senior in high school and Summer is 17. So they've got to be 35 at the oldest.
2: Well, see, you say that, but I don't know how old a senior in high school is in America because I don't know what years you do things like that. <laughs>
0: 17, 18. So, okay, I mean, that's acceptable. Okay, so if you say that if it was like the end of their senior year, Mm-hmm. then you could say that they're probably 18. So she was born there in 19. So they're about 30, 35, 36 years old.
2: That's some good maths. Because I really cracked up in the uh, Interdimensional Cable episode when Rick's just like, oh my God, is Jerry 50? <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, actually, yeah, I have no, no concept of how old he is at all. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I re-watched that episode the other day because I've become obsessed with the Personal Space TV show. <laughs> I cannot get enough of watching that I showed it to a lady at work the other day And she looked like she was going to be sick When he started peeling off his own
1: skin The first one
0: of those is funny The second one wasn't as great And what it really comes down to Is that like I think it's is it Justin Rowland Who does yeah. all the improv yes. He's not good at improv
2: Oh see now I think that's what makes it even better I do think the first one of those was better But I think it's because the B story In 60 Minutes was Less of a joke and more of an emotional thing, like with the family, you know, sort of with Summer thinking she was finding out she was a mistake, and Beth and Jerry almost breaking up again, and like having this big emotional moment at the end. And Morty and Summer have that lovely moment when he points out his own dead body in the in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a it's a really good like life is arbitrary episode. and meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> no one belongs anywhere. Uh, we're all gonna die. Can, can you come and watch some telly? Um, I lo- I absolutely love that moment because it's like. Kind of perfect. Whereas in Interdimensional Cable 2, the B story is one long dick joke. Like, it's just constant dick joke. But I do, I think Justin Roiland's improvs, I would love to be a fly on the wall of the recording booth when he does those because, like, some of them it seems like he's so drunk he can't even stand up. Like, um, Octopus Man, crap me, always, I'm an Octopus Man. And here comes a trouble mite and he just seems like he's gonna fall down and dies. Makes me laugh. The one that, um, Partic- aside from personal space which is obviously a w- wonderful. Uh the one that particularly cracked me up in that episode was the um how they do it. She's like a rip off of how how what's it called? how's it made or how,
1: how it's made.
2: yeah, something like that. When they do that with a plumbus. <laughs> I love the fact that it's all like you know, he said on the uh, on the interview with Rob Paulson that he it, it was aiming for like a, a sort of like nonsensical Dr. and kind of nonsense, which is why he keeps saying things like, you know, the grumbo gets pushed across the flube and well, making absolute nonsense up. But I love the fact that you never find out what a plumbus is for. <laughs> that cracks me the entire time. Everyone's got a plumbus in their home. But what the fuck is it? I loved it loved it my, fa- um,
0: my favourite one of those was the how did I get here yes <laughs> whoa Who stay was the vending machine <laughs>
2: <laughs> how did she get there <laughs> see I could wa- I could probably watch Interdimensional Cable or all fucking day I actually there's a there's a YouTube playlist that's just all of the adverts and like telly clips from both episodes in a sort of sporadic row. And that, that had me crying because I'd forgotten about some of the ones from Rick's St. Minutes as well, like turtle Juice. <laughs> you don't even know what it is, but it's coming. <laughs> Honestly, crying. I love this program. I think everybody should watch it. I think I've said that before, but I'm going to say it again.
0: Yeah, also, it, it turns out that, um, that I, I discovered this, this convention season that I'm actually super good at drawing the Rick and Morty characters. I do I do commissions for folks, and I'm at cons. And some guy comes up to go see. He goes, "Hey, can you draw? Can you draw Rick and Morty?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I'll just find a photo and just draw it because that's what I do with every character." And like the guy really liked it, and he like like he had gotten his buddy to come over, and like he liked. It and somebody else saw me drawing it, and they asked me for one. And then I was at Baltimore con, and I was drawing them nonstop. Like I, I went to the convention early one day and like tried to. I, I knocked out one or two extras, so I'd have them just sitting aside. So when people asked for what, I could just. Send. And it was just like, so yeah, so like I can draw it really good. So now I want to work for them, for like <laughs> the cartoon or the comic book.
2: See now, I want to work for them voice wise, but I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure that they are after like you know a vaguely brummy, like thirty year old woman kind of <laughs> voice. But you know, if you are feel free to give me a job i am the difference see this is the difference between america and the uk is that when i went to thought bubble last weekend i always pick a theme for my sketches every year that i get from people because otherwise i'll get to the table panic and say batman when i don't even really like batman and end up with a batman sketch i didn't want so this year i was like right i'm going with a rick and morty idea every person i went to was like yeah can you do me a rick and morty and they're like yeah yeah cool got any reference pics and i was like Oh, none of you watch it. It makes me sad. But I did get David Wynn to draw me an amazing uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole. And also... I saw that, yeah. Yes, my my new favourite, Mike, drew a picture of me Wearing a plumbus necklace, eating a slice of pizza that had a tiny Rick and Morty on it, who were shooting a portal into my mouth. So that was quite exciting. <laughs> I did, uh, I did, I do actually have to say, like, massive thank you very muches to Danny who made me a plumbus necklace that I almost lost on the dance floor uh, on Saturday <laughs> because the chain broke. But I grabbed it out of the air because, hot damn, I'm not losing my fucking plumbus because everyone's got to have a plumbus. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: still don't know it for
2: Anyway I could probably talk about Rick and Morty For like another hour
0: Yeah I don't, probably I, don't I haven't know. read the comic yet But the trade just came out So when I have a job yeah. I will see about Buying a copy Or I like it Back issues
2: I like it um, The only thing is like, It's not about our Rick and Morty And I'm not convinced It's always about the same Rick and Morty either But I can't can't really tell
0: they, Do they confirm that Anywhere in the comic Or
2: um, I don't think so I mean, you, you know it's not ours Because they're Um actually, i I can't think off the top of my head how, you know, but I just kind of know
0: <laughs> well you would know
2: Well, <laughs> yeah' because I'm a fucking maniac who's obsessed with it now, I've been really enjoying it the any the any problem I would say is stuff like, um, they overuse some of the pardon me,
0: yes, that they overuse those
2: <laughs> well, no actually, they don't really write those very well, like it's really hard to read a burp, guys, so yeah. so I imagine it must be really hard to write a burp. Um, yeah. So sometimes you're reading a word and you're thinking, what the fuck does that say? And then you realise the middle part of it is supposed to be him going, Ugh. <laughs> it's uh, it's really distracting. No, I mean, they overuse like some phrases and stuff that they actually don't say all that much. Like in the first issue, they use Don't Even Trip Dog about four times, which is something I think they've said maybe twice in the whole two seasons of the show. So it feels very much like people saying, we do watch Rick and Morty, you know, like we know these characters, you know, and it's like, I mean, to be fair, like in the, I think Morty makes a reference at one point and he is like, do we even still say that anymore? Is that, is that still a thing? But it's a bit, it's a bit weird to even throw in there. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just me being picky, but I do like it.
0: Well, that's the like, way the news
2: goes. <laughs> Grass tastes bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's what's the there's one where he just says something like uh oh somersault jump <laughs> just like, oh he's catchphrases though they're the best yeah oh dear I legit I actually legitimately like really could talk about this all day um uh, I know. the number of times the thought of starting a third podcast has appeared in my brain <laughs> just to talk about Rick and Morty I wouldn't subject the world to that because I'm not that mean hey we've been talking for a really long time
0: about an hour and a half
2: eat it though um. The only other thing I was going to briefly talk about Because I'm going to move away From Rick and Morty Before this becomes The Rick and Morty Hour Is that I went to see A band the other day Which is uh, This is me trying to talk About music more often Because I don't do it very much I went to see Death Cab for Cutie With my mother Which was an interesting Experience for her Because Rich was supposed To come with me But he wasn't very well And my mum's never Heard of them before So it was a weird experience for me because I felt very conscious of like, I really hope she has fun, otherwise I've like really wasted her time. So like after every song i turn around, and I'd be like, What do you think of that song? She's like, Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, ah, is it your new favourite? Panic, are you having fun? Please have fun. Um, but God, they're so amazing live.
0: That's cool.
2: I absolutely adore Death Cab for Cutie. And um the lead singer's like just adorable. I want to hug him. I don't know if if he'd be okay with that, but I, you know, oh well. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that was brief. I did like It's hard to review live music except to say that they were all technically very good nice. and, uh, and I enjoyed myself. And I got really sweaty. You didn't need to know about that part.
0: I assumed.
2: So, <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to bring up before we do
0: uh, I was just going to say really quickly that I saw Spectre, the new James Bond movie.
2: Oh yeah, you can I'd... spoil the hell out of this, by the way, because I have got zero intentions of seeing this movie. I was going to
0: say, I rated it, it's a th- third best of four of Daniel Craig's Bonds. It wasn't a bad story, but they the biggest problem I have with it is they keep trying to make Daniel Craig's Bond like Roger Moore's, like giving him gadgets and wacky things, and mm. it just does not fit in the Bond world that they have now.
2: Yeah. I just have a problem with Daniel Craig as Bond because he's too pouty. That drives me insane. I think I've said this before. He just seems too posey like he never even like when he's like drowning and stuff somehow he still looks super attractive and is still like pouting and just looking amazing and i'm like oh <laughs> like fucking fly around and look like an asshole like it's it's you're you're dying here like ugh. and i i've not seen quantum of solace i didn't like skyfall and
0: you didn't like skyfall really
2: mm, Casino Royale was alright. I think I, I think I liked Casino Royale more because I'm kind of in love with Mass Mickelson. Uh. I think he's wonderful. No, Skyfall for me was it felt like it was about half an hour, 45 minutes too long and the problem I had with that and I don't know if I'm misremembering the movie or not but I thought the reason he went to Skyfall was to set a trap for man with the missing bits of his face whose name I can't remember and I can't Remember if M goes, like, if he takes M with him, or if he or if she just follows him there because you know
0: reasons. No, he, took, he took her.
2: Yeah, because I didn't understand that because I thought if you're going to set a trap for the guy who wants to murder this person, wouldn't you want to put that person like as far away as humanly possible from the fucking trap you're setting, just in case it goes awry? Like, just to, like that's what made me really cross about Skyfall is like because any sensible was, fucker would have put her somewhere super shitting safe and
0: gone. It was truly the only safe place that he had. It was the best of all of all the bad options he had. It was the it was the best of the bad mm-hmm. because. I mean, Benicio del Toro knew everything that MI6 had, all its safe houses, etc. But but leading him, leading him into a trap was the only way they could really was the only way he could keep her safe. Because if he dumped her somewhere, they could they would just go after her, and he'd be helpless to save her.
2: Oh, I don't know. It seemed like a stupid idea.
0: <laughs> but no, Spectre was good. You know, I like I like the the um, I like the actors and everything, and I like mm-hmm. Daniel Craig as Bond. He's probably my favorite Bond. I liked the serious bonds more than the goofy bonds. But, um, yeah, it just, it was, it was okay. It was just not fantastic, you know? So I liked, I liked Skyfall better, and then Casino Royale, and then this, and then Quantum.
2: Cause all I've heard tell, like, the, the, There's been a few people post on Facebook uh, and ruin this, which is one of the reasons why I've got no intention of seeing it, but also because I don't think I'm a very big Bond fan, but there we go. That one of the sort of major plot twists of the film is a bit stolen from like Austin Powers 3, and it's really hard to take it seriously.
0: I haven't seen Austin Powers 3, so...
2: Okay, there's a big twist about some like Dr. Evil being his brother or some bollocks.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of people have been ragging on it for that because they're like, so you've just made like, you've, you've took a parody of, of spy movies and then actually stuck that in your apparently legitimate spy movie. Actually,
0: it's, you know, what it, what it is is, uh, I'm going to spoil Spectre here for you and for the listeners. So Christoph Waltz is playing a guy who was Bond's, like his, his, his father adopted Bond when, when Bond's parents died. And this, and this guy, and Christoph Waltz, ended up killing this father and faking his own death and, and renaming himself Ernst Stavro Blofeld.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Blofeld is a – he's a, he was in one or two of the Bond novels, and he was a villain in a few of the Roger Moore-era Bond movies. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Evil was a parody of Blofeld. So to now make that – now to make Blofeld his adopted brother – is making is was why Dr. Evil and Austin Powers being brothers makes it seem silly.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I just think it's a bit too po-faced for me. I think I like the sillier Bonds of the ones that I've seen. I haven't seen that many. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know I've, what I'm talking about. I haven't seen enough Bonds to know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. The, the sillier ones just kind of, like, like Roger Moore said he didn't take, he could never take the role seriously. So he, he like, because he, he didn't take the character seriously. So he didn't take, like or like, the whole Bond world seriously. So he never did and uh, it bothered me that he would make it ridiculous because he couldn't play a role straight you know yeah and he kind of played it straight but still I don't know Emma the point is I don't like Roger Moore as much as a lot of people do
2: (laughs) (laughs) see I don't think I've seen any of the more ones because I've seen what have I I've seen right okay I've seen GoldenEye I've seen Casino Royale and Skyfall I've seen On Her Majesty's Secret Service and From Russia With Love The End that's it those those are all the ones I've seen (laughs) I am so. terrible at Bonds
0: Well, you see more than some people I know
2: Rich did this hilarious thing where um, When the release date for um, Spectre came out He was like, right, I'm going to rewatch all the Bonds Before it starts I think he got as far as Doctor No, which I believe is the first one Yes <laughs> Good one, Rich Yeah, I don't know about Bond I don't think I'm a sort of spy, crimey person
0: That's fair I Act- mean, we we, evidence- we we already learned this By your yeah. attempts with disdain for. <laughs> Phillips.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just learning that about myself now. I'm having a, a sort of epiphany here about my dislike of certain... I can't think of any sort of like spy movies that I'm like, yeah, I'd watch that again. Hmm. No, can't think of anything. That must be why the movie Spy seemed to really repulse me earlier this year. <laughs> oh, do you know what, though? We're inching ever closer to the, the Deadpool movie coming out and I can't wait.
0: That looks like it's going to be great.
2: Oh my God, doesn't it, though? I'm actually contemplating because this is how sad I am. I've got some time to take off work and our um, holiday entitlement balance like runs from April to the end of March. So I've got some leave to take between like now and the end of uh the end of March next year. But I was legitimately thinking about I actually just burped as I said a word which is absolutely the worst and really wasn't on purpose and I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do a Rick impression. I was legitimately thinking about booking a week off around the time that the Deadpool movie comes out so that if I can blag my way into a screening or something, I can just, like, disappear to it and not have to explain to work that I'm not coming in today because I'm at the cinema. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see this movie. It looks so good. Ah! My brain's going to explode. I can't even cope. <laughs> what if it's shit, Luke? What if it's shit? No, it's not. I hope it's not. No, it's not. It can't be. It looks amazing.
0: It looks like the... um trailer for the new promo for the agent agent carter season two is released today i'll have to watch that when we're done recording
2: yes i spotted that just before we started recording and i thought shall i watch it and then i thought no come on
0: now now, you, now, now your listeners are going to know when this is recorded so you can't procrastinate in uh, editing it
2: oh damn it <laughs> the thing uh, is i've got to be preparing over the next couple of days for a podcast i said i'd do that i didn't realize meant i'd need to watch three movies before i do it
0: <laughs> Which
2: podcast is this? it's uh, a friend of mine does a show called Pick a Flick and basically the audience chooses movies for them to watch and review but So I'm going to be guesting on the next episode. I, I don't know whether that will be out before this episode comes out or, or just after. But essentially the movies I've been sent are Mac and Me, which is a movie I've been really, really avoiding because of how scared I am of E.T. and how terrifying Mac looks. Um, yeah, and uh, Hunger Games, which I haven't seen since it came out, the first one, which I haven't seen since it came out, which is terrible. And also one of the things that they do on there is they do a quiz. Um, so you have to pick a movie that you think you know really well and they give you like a quiz on it, and there's a leaderboard and stuff. And uh, the problem with that is because of you know the aforementioned terrible memory. I picked a movie because I was like, oh, I've seen this about a billion times. I oh, know loads. So I went Step Brothers, and then Rich started asking me questions about Step Brothers, and I couldn't even tell you who was in it aside from Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. So you'll we'll
0: find out if you're an expert <laughs> or liar.
2: <laughs> I'm a liar. I'm an absolute. Lawyer, uh, you
0: ever see that episode Of oh, Regular Show Regular
2: Show Loved it yeah.
0: Loved Oh it. good I watched that last night And it just popped in my head
2: It's so good But yeah I am gonna straight up Come out as a lawyer Because I don't know Anything about this Rich was like What's the name of the boat And I was like I don't know Fucking the boat Like <laughs> It's not called The boat guys Liar
0: <laughs> I also watched The episode I watched three Regular Show episodes Last night God we're going forever I watched the one Where uh, they help High five ghost Find that girl he met
2: for Oh years. Yeah
0: was a great one. Did I watch one of Ricky changes named the trash boat?
2: I love that episode. I was he thinks in... it's gonna be so cool. And everyone's like, trash boat.
0: I was literally in tears watching it I was <laughs> laughing that hard. Oh. <laughs> He's like, you didn't change it in the trash boat, did she's like, oh wait till I tell everybody and he comes home, there's like a welcome back trash boat banner hanging off the house.
2: <laughs> that is a really good episode.
0: You know what's great when Benson gets in on it, too?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh,
0: can I give you fifty bucks so I could change my name back? Well, I would. I I only loan money to my friend, my friends, like my friend Rigby. But I've only known Trashboat for a day. <laughs> Why did you think Trashboat was a good one? <laughs> like the newspaper headlines were like, "Stupid man picks dumb name." <laughs> that is. <a> pretty- <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, we've broken ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear.
0: <laughs> I might have to watch Trash again. <laughs> I watched it less than oh. 24 hours ago and I'll have to watch it.
2: I have got to say though there's there's not one bit of TV that makes me laugh more than the episode with a bunch of baby ducks. And it's it's only it's just it's just one moment but whenever I see it I cry laughing which is when Mordecai is running down the steps from the house and he slips in the paddling pool.
0: And the <laughs> funny thing is that scene is that's a literal blink and you'll miss it. Scene. Yeah. I, first time I watched it, I did blink and miss it.
2: Because he falls so spectacularly on his side. It's so good.
0: <laughs> I love when I love the one where Mordecai gets dude time for men, cologne. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear. Oh I can't I can't I actually not stop laughing. My face hurts. Literally.
0: Hey, only newcomers have to wear name tags. Yeah, and Trashboat is a new employee. Now wear it or you're fired. That never gets old.
2: <laughs> trash <moved>. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we've lost our minds And it's probably my
0: time to finish <laughs> Oh Breathe <clears throat> It's a good thing I forgot about this until just now The show would have been 20 minutes long <laughs> Can you imagine
2: Oh, Is there anything you'd like to plug
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, You could read my um, comic strip The Centre of Somewhere Which is at um, centerofsomewhere.com. It's updated Monday, Wednesday and Friday it's a uh, slightly surreal slice of life with uh, humans and talking animals and ghosts, just having fun. Um, I've actually had some, well, at least one person compare it to a regular show, so I'll take that com- compliment. Nope. Nice. Um, you can also find the, uh, my other artwork at cartoonistluke.tumblr.com, which is uh, where you'll find the Rick and Morty stuff I was talking about, or my experiments teaching myself Photoshop, or other artwork that I've just drawn because I wanted to. I do a podcast called The Magnum Cast, which is a once-monthly review of two episodes of the classic 80s TV show Magnum P.I. in episode order. We should be recording the next episode uh, next week, actually, and have that out by the end of, uh, end of November. And um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram, also as Cartoonist Luke. And if we're friends, I'll friend you on Facebook. I try to avoid friending strangers there because that seems to lead to trouble.
2: Yeah, it does. It
0: really but does. But I have, I have no problems with uh, strangers on Tumblr or Instagram or Twitter. So,
2: um, am I right in thinking you also have an Etsy shop where people can buy?
0: Yes, I literally just it up, it's, I set an Etsy shop up yesterday, and my seller name there is cartoonist Luke as well.
2: Jolly good. Well, I think I've recovered. Maybe <laughs> um, if you want to uh, get in touch with me, I'm. Uh, you can get. A, oh fucking! I can't even. Luke, you've bussed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow Stacey's Parlour on Twitter or drop an email to Stacey's Parlour at gmail.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram as StaceBobT and you can buy shirts What Have My Face on Them from spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk or you can come and join the Facebook group uh, which is just called Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. And I think that's it. I can't breathe. <laughs> 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 my stomach hurts so much. This is pretty much how I felt all weekend because I haven't stopped laughing like the entire time I was at Thought Bubble. Oh, my me. Hey, thank you for joining me in the parlour again, Luke. It was lovely. Oh,
0: it was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun.
2: It's, uh, it's been too long. Let's it not, really has. Let's not leave it like a year and a bit again.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: because definitely. that would be rude. Cool. Well, I shall see you all next month when it's like... Christmas episode And that I guess And uh Oh yeah shit I forgot Um yeah Go and listen to Pick a flick When I'm on it Actually listen to it anyways it's pretty good But particularly when I'm on it Because I'm awesome And also Go backwards in time And check out September's Fantasticast Uh Which is a Fantastic Four Podcast What I was on And I was pretty filthy Actually It was good for
1: <laughs>
2: I got told off For being too smutty Which I don't think Is a thing That people can be But Anyway yes do those things and i'll see you all next month ta-ra
0: ta pip pip cheerio
2: <laughs> ttfn ta-ta for now